Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 5.06 on uh, Sports 14.40. Motors Nation uh, YouTube and Facebook. I'm Jason Greger. He's Connor Halley. The Greger Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca, where, of course, uh, four games on tap tonight in the uh, National Hockey League, some NBA, college basketball, if uh, that's your fancy. Or maybe you just want to try a casino game. Guess what? Uh, use the promo code CASINO50, and you get a free $50 wager at PlayAlberta.ca. Edmonton Orders, Los Angeles Kings, tonight. It'll be about a 7.45-ish puck drop, the orders and the uh, L.A. Kings. Orders looking to uh, end a three-game slide on home ice. Kings rolling a little bit under the new coach, 6-2 and two under Jim Hiller. It'll be Talbot versus Skinner. McDavid and Drysaddle on the same line. Nugent Hopkins centering Kane and Matthias. I know how to throw them, Yanmark. Nice. Let's get to the uh, spec report brought to you by GS Construction. And, uh, yeah, you look out there, hiring man, moving and shaking, lots of projects on the go, and they need you. So go to Indeed.com and look up GS Construction, lots of different levels to come in and apply for jobs for a great company at Indeed.com, GS Construction, as uh, Mark Spector uh, joins us. Spec, good afternoon. Uh, the Edmonton Order players and coaches, uh, they all seem to know what uh, the issue is uh, with their team as far as, you know what, fewer turnovers, uh, make more plays according to the head coach like they were. Don't just flip the puck out even though it's a safe play because then it just allows them to recycle and go back in again. Um, so they're saying all the right things. Now i got to see if they can do the right things. Yeah, it's. Uh, I recall everyone knowing what they were doing wrong too when they were losing 8-1 to Vancouver and losing to San Jose when they were in last place. So, yeah, we all know what's going on. But, unfortunately, there's only about 20 guys down there that can actually do something about it. Uh, I don't think it's a coaching thing by any means. I mean, these guys know how to play smarter defense, better defense, uh, you know, keep your feet moving, stick with your guy, all that stuff. So this is a player starting on time. You know, I've always been a proponent, Jason, and I think you have too. It's not this isn't mites hockey. We're not the coach doesn't come in the room with a with a bowl full of oranges and ask the guys to be ready for the puck drop. These guys are pros. They're making millions of dollars to be ready for puck drop and show up on time. That's been a problem. They got to fix it. No problem. No question about it. Yeah. No. Uh, they definitely uh, they need to fix it. Um, you know, you to, to me the big thing that needs to be fixed here is. Right now, their best players are all on the ice for far too many goals against five on five. That's the, that's the big issue here. You got guys that are on the ice for more than, you know, up to a goal and a half per game, five on five since the all-star break. It's simply not good enough. Uh, their best guy, they're scoring lots spec, but right now they're giving up just as much. Hey, the guy, as the guy that said a lot of years ago and took a lot of, a lot of crap for the fact that they won't win until Drysdale and McDavid play better defensively. Here's the deal. Those guys are on the ice all the time. 
So, you know, if they're not good defensively, you're going to lose as many as you win. It's if if Dylan Holloway's not good defensively, they're just going to give him instead of giving him nine minutes, they're going to give him five minutes. Connor McDavid and Drysaddle add up to about forty-two minutes in a hockey game. Those guys have to lead defensively as well as offensively. They can't just and they know it. And their defensive game has been much better. Connor McDavid, in particular. Uh, has really figured out that end of the game, even though we haven't seen it the last few games. He's figured out how to play the right way. All of that's fine. But if those guys don't do it, Jason, it really doesn't matter what everyone else does. They're your leaders in every facet. they got to lead at both ends of the ice, not just one. Yeah. And, um, you know, right now, and the whole team, though, like I, I can't sit there and pick out, hey, this guy's playing really good defensively, and there's no one there. They're spending way too much time in the defensive zone lately, which – I don't, I don't care who you are. The other team has good players. And, you know, I saw in Minnesota and Calgary and Boston too many stretches where the opposition is able to cycle for 30, 40 seconds. And Edmonton's got a little bit too passive. I talked to Zach Hyman about it. You know, I said, maybe, you know what? Guys are tired because, you know, you defend. The longer you defend, the more tired you get, right? You can cycle on the offense's own long time. You don't seem to get as tired as much. It's a weird thing, right? Because you're just a drag. I got the pockets good. Defending, it takes a lot of work, right? Like, oh, my God, I got to keep going after this guy. And yep, so yep. fatigue's maybe a factor, but it's also that I find they're not as assertive as an aggressive to get the puck. So now you, and all it takes is like a split second in the NHL. That split second of hesitation gives the other team time and space. Boom, boom, they move it. Now you're chasing to go to the other space. And so I think Edmonton's got to get back to being a little bit more assertive in the defensive zone. Well, and, and maybe there's, you know, when they were winning, when they're playing their best hockey, they're the team. That gets that cycle so long they get a change in on you, right? We've seen a lot of that. They had a, a a really good period of taking games over, which included a ton of offensive zone puck possession. Now they're on the other end of that. That's all. They got to figure out how to be the team that's cycling, not the team that's getting cycled against. I mean, that's one of the great questions in life, Jason. Along with who are those people who don't pick up after their dogs? Oh, dude, don't even give me a start on that one. We'll get really fired up. I will say this, though. You know what? There's a pretty strong consensus. There's only two people that I think are clearly not uh, pooper picker up as they're like, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm like, give me a break. But anyway, um, the, uh, the LA Kings come to town. They got a new coach. Uh, they're six and two under the, uh, the new coach. Uh, we had Jared Stoll on earlier and he says, you know what? Uh, the thing he's noticed is they're moving the puck up quicker, less, East and West from their defensemen, and it's more up the ice, which sounds eerily familiar to what we saw yep. when Edmonton got going early on. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Right there, they've got a good puck moving defense. They've got, you know, I don't mind their defense when it comes to, you know, being able to get the puck going north. And you're right, like it's it's where are you moving the puck? Let's get this thing going north, and it's. Don't make the big mistake. If you get a group of six guys that are that make the right play and don't take the big chance, I think that Calgary game turned on was it not Evan Bouchard three minutes in, right? Mm-hmm. Who 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 made such a low risk play two and a half minutes into a, a zero zero game? Like you know, if you're if you're uh, I should say low percentage play. Yes. If if you're you know, if you're down 3-2 late in the game, you got to make that play because you got to take a chance. But when it's 0-0, two and a half minutes in, you don't make a low percentage play like that. And and if LA is winning games, I could probably show you a decor that's got that figured out right now. Edmonton's got to figure it out too. 
Specca, we were asked this question, um, and I know I think you actually asked Knobloch about it after the game on Saturday about you know the, the Leon Drysaddle penalty. And hey, Leon, to his credit, said, "Yeah, it's a bad penalty. I can't take it." Didn't hide behind it, but man, Friday night he was barking around like, and I know that hey, we, I jokingly call him the Grumpy Germany. Wears his motions on the sleeve, so I respect it. Yep. But it seems that lately, though, it's you know it's like jumping the shark here. Something's got to rein him in uh, a little bit. Um, where do you come yep. out on, on, you know, do, does, does the coach have to send a message to the best players that there's certain things that are unacceptable? How do you, cause it's, it's not as clear as to just say do it at all costs. Cause I understood why he put dry settle on the power play afterwards in a game that you're only down by two goals. Yeah. I think that he, I wish that Calgary wouldn't have taken the penalty. Jason, because Drysaddle missed the shift he usually takes after that penalty. They usually team up Drysaddle and McDavid, as you know, yep. right after a penalty. He sat on the bench for that shift. There was about five minutes left in the period. I was watching it with my binoculars, and he was sitting there feeling shame, and it, well, he should. I would have loved for there not to have been a power play and to see if Knobloch had what it takes to sit that guy for the, the remaining five minutes, if ever there was a time to do it. That was the time. The selfish penalty, he'd taken a couple whacks on the Flames player, got away with it. Then he hooked them down there. He gave the ref no choice but to call the penalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I wish not. I mean, I get it. If I'm coaching that team, we're down by two. We got a power play. Obviously, dry settles go over the boards. I wish they would have just played at five on five. I would have loved to have seen what Knobloch did. And you know what? The last thing I want to say, Jay, is we should be past. Uh, Chris Knobloch teaching Leon Dreisaitl about leadership and what it takes. We should be past this. Leon Dreisaitl, if he doesn't know how to be a leader yet, there's a problem here, right? Leon Dreisaitl is a veteran player. He's 28 years old. He's been a leader on this team for most of seven or eight years. If you got to still teach, if a coach needs to teach him how to lead, you got a big problem here. He should know by now. Yeah, no, that's... It's hard to argue. Um, you know, I, I look at, uh, at and, I, and I get that you can be frustrated at times, but a leader, you, you can't show it all the time. And lately, it seems like he, he shows it more often than, than you would like. And and I'm not even like I don't give too much about the you know, you know kind of slugs off to the bench thing. It's just you can't be barking all the time, and then you be the guy who's not living up to what you're saying, right? Like, no. You're, no. If if you want to ask your teammates to be there, then you got to be a higher standard. It's just that simple. You said it best. You can't be. You better be. If you're gonna bark uh, and 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 talk as much as he's been talking the last couple games, and the cameras have been watching him. You better be impeccable in your own game. His game hadn't been that good. His game defensively hasn't been good. He's just gone a few games without taking penalties after he went four in a row, taking a usually a not a great minor every game. Took another one against Calgary. wasn't very good in that game. He's he's had a lot of turnovers. So yeah, I think it's time. I'll be honest with you, Leon Drysaddle, uh, Connor McDavid, Patrick Kane. You name the leader. When your when your game is where dry settles has been lately, it's time to shut your mouth and play and concentrate on your game. And when your game gets back to where we're used to seeing it, you can start talking then. Yeah, like Lee, I don't know if people know this. Leon Drysaddle leads the Edmonton Orders in minor penalties on the season at eighteen. He's taken more minors than he's drawn, and that you know for a guy who has the puck as much as he does, that's nope. you know, and that and that's not that's not normal. For him, right? Like that's 
that's an incredibly high number. So he needs to, uh, he needs to be a lot better in that regard. No, no, I don't think there's any question about that. So, um, yeah. Hey, hockey's a, listen, team sports is about taking a look in the mirror, yeah. right? For everybody, for everybody. We're, we're, you know, I, I, as a parent, uh, I say to myself when I'm bitching and grousing about something in my life, I think to myself, wait a second, whose fault is this? And you know what? Sometimes it's my damn fault <laughs> and yeah. I got to look in the mirror, believe me. But team sports particularly, right, is about looking in the mirror. How can I be better? What can I do to stop this problem? And Leon Drysaddle, with the penalty stat that you just stated, Jason, there's a mirror for you right there. Yeah. That's a big, fat mirror for number 29. Yeah, and that's actually, uh, it's 18. Uh, he's tied, uh, him and Hyman, funny enough, have each taken 20 minor penalties uh, overall. But for some reason, when I think of the Hyman penalties, they're not really in the same category. But uh, um, so we'll see where they're at. You know, it's a, it's, just, it's one area. But regardless of that, like the order's biggest flaw again Right now is their defensive zone. And, you know, their goaltender's got to be better. Stuart Skinner, you know, he has to play better. Like, there's not you, – you can sugarcoat and say, okay, team defense has to be better, and that's fair. But to me, it's a combination. That At some point, your goalie's got to make a save. It can't only be I'm a good goalie when, you know, the team in front of me protects me. So, um, earlier – he, he had a long stretch. Right. They had a long stretch where they had pretty good defense. And then on the few times they faltered, Skinner would play very well. He had a really high uh, goal saved above expected, which was excellent. But now it's back down to being well below that. And so he's got to find his game, too. Yeah. Hey, listen, there's there's one guy. I mean, there's there's a couple few guys on every team that can win a game for you. Obviously, Edmonton has a couple. You know, <laughs> we know who they are. But on every team, it's the goalie. Right. On every team, the goalie can steal one for you or they can get you through the period where your team stinks and that you're right. You know, you're right. Skinner, uh, he was during that win streak. There were some bad periods that went in play and he got him through it. Yep. He's not getting through now. And that uh, it's probably high time for Stu Skinner to stand up and steal a game for somebody here for sure. Speck, the, this three game mini skid, do you think it changes anything? The orders, are they all of a sudden, not that there's any goalies available really? But uh, do you think it uh, it alters their focus for a goaltender? I don't think so. No, I don't think the Oilers are looking at a goalie. I just don't think it. Um, if they had unlimited assets, sure. If they didn't have pressing needs among their skaters, sure. But to me, I think that Ken Holland thinks goaltending is the third or fourth problem that I have, and I only got enough capital and cap space to solve two problems at this deadline. So they're not going to get to goaltending, in my opinion. Speck, uh, we will see you down at the rink tonight. All right, Jay, thanks for the stuff. There you go. That's uh, Mark Spector in the uh, Speck Report brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca and GS Construction. Uh, coming up, Kevin Woodley. We are going to talk goaltending. How does uh, Skinner fix it? Um, some other guys. Uh, we know that Marc-Andre Fleury, I don't know if you heard it or not, but Marc-Andre Fleury said, hey, Minnesota's my team, so he's not getting traded. So uh, any mentions of Marc-Andre Fleury should be quashed. Uh, Nashville has won five in a row. They're currently in a playoff spot. I think that pretty much removes any of the UC Soros chatter. Why would Nashville do that? Right? I'm, I'm not sold they're going to do it. I'm not sold Edmonton was in the market anyway, but... I don't, I don't necessarily think I see that type of move coming from Nashville either. So which goal is it like? I'm Jake Allen. Why? Because a few years ago he was good. 
Jake Allen's numbers are not good this year. So you're going to bring in a guy who's not good. How long is it going to take him to get good? You don't have that time. That's just not going to help you. So I don't see how Jake Allen helps Edmonton either. So not sure that there is an option, but uh, we'll discuss it all next with Woodley on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 525, Jason Gregor. Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440. Oilers Nation uh, YouTube and uh, Facebook. And, of course, the uh, Oilers and the L.A. Kings. Tonight, it'll be uh, Riddich trying to post his uh, second straight shutout against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Of course, blanked them uh, 4 nothing back on uh, February 10th. And uh, Stuart Skinner is trying to get his game back on track uh, a little bit as we go... Uh, Let's get to the uh, lineup report now, uh, brought to you by Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. And guess what, baby? They are open. And especially if you're a Yamaha fan, they got everything for Yamaha. Motorbikes, boats, boat motors, ATVs, side-by-sides, you name it. They got it all at Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. As uh, Kevin Woodley joins us. Uh, Woodley, how you doing? I'm good, Jason. Yourself, I apologize. A little late. Didn't send you a list of things to talk about today. But... Oh, that's all good, buddy. Well, good. We'll see how you can ad-lib. No, I'm kidding. Um, we, we had the Penguins practicing here today, yeah. so it's got me running around a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, the, I'm sure I you know, you probably knew what we were going to talk about. Um, Stuart, we've talked about this a little bit last week, but, uh, you know, they played two games over the weekend, and, you know, um, the, the Brodeen goal is one that Calvin Pickard can't let in, and, you know, that slap shot, I'm sorry, I don't think that's a goal that, like, looks like his glove the puck almost went through it unfortunately but um then the Stuart skinner's play um you know he said it afterwards man it feels like my goals against average is 100 and i know that the team is giving up chances for sure but like the minnesota game the last 40 minutes they gave up nothing and still allowed two goals so you know i look at the goaltending and specifically skinner because he's going to be their main guy um you know the hesitation you talked about what's the best way to get that hesitation out of his game and and maybe retreating a little bit too soon well, I mean, it's interesting, right? Like we see the Pospisil goal, I think, in particular, when I look at the ones against Calgary, we just beat clean off the rush. And, yeah. You know, a little time, a little space, and the guy picks a spot. But I think, you know, if you give truth serum, it's one he might like to get a little more of a piece of. And when you look at, you know, where he is, you know, in the positioning. I don't, like, I don't know, Jason. I'll be honest with you. Like, you can't totally change your game at this point in the season. No. Like, and we've talked about this in the past. If you give up the middle of the ice, like Stuart Skinner's game is not to be out heels at the top of his crease. And so if you're going to play more neutrally position, the one thing you can't do is give up the middle of the ice. Like that's where you're exposed. It's the one spot where you can't, or it's harder to get away with playing inside the blue. And it's not like he's super passive. Like this isn't, you know, Henrik Lundqvist or even Mike Smith, where he played a lot deeper and then stepped out at times, like he's sort of three-quarter depth. But if you give up the middle, that can feel exposed for a lot of goaltenders. And so, you know, like, do you feel confident if you're Stuart Skinner taking another step and being outside of the blue? I don't know that that's the strength of his game. And and so they're going to have to figure something out. Either you stop giving up the middle like the possible chance, as much as that's a shot from distance, it's still off the rush, it's in a straight line, it goes down as a low-danger chance that he should stop, um, or does he have to make an adjustment there? Does he have to take another step? Or or can he just, with more reps and more time and feeling a little bit better about his game, maybe earlier in the season during a 16-game win streak, does he feel like where he is, he has the chance to react to that with his hands and and catch a puck like that cleaner than he did that night. So 
I don't pretend to have all the answers here, but it's some mix of those. Something has to give. Otherwise, more of those chances end up being goals you're giving up. And like I, like I said, like a lot of those games, double-digit chances, five expected goals against, it's not on the goaltending. That wasn't the case against Calgary on Saturday night. As flat as they were, as much as they weren't, what we expect them to be as a team when they're at their best. And they all talked about it after it wasn't a 60 minute effort Uh, in terms of chances against like Calgary did not generate enough in that game that they should have scored six. There are three mid danger goals, one high, one low. Um, That's a tough outing. He's almost a full three goals below expected on Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the, the, I I think that no goals, there's sometimes where it's just like, Hey, goalie's got to make, uh, a few more saves. Now the team in front of him, no, no doubt can play better, right? Uh, maybe you can play better, but Hey, let's try to limit to some outside shots here. Make him feel good about himself. I know, you know, it's the old adage. Other teams, I remember you've talked about it too, man. If a goalie's playing poorly, I, I hate the adage. Oh, just throw pucks on net. Well, no, that actually probably helps him. He's playing poorly on good chances. Don't just shoot from the outside and let him suddenly feel good about his game because you have a few of them hit him in the pads or hit him in the chest, right? But if you're the Oilers, that's what you want to do is you want to limit the high danger chances so he gets out of appearance like, hey, I stopped 10 pucks. I'm feeling better. Well, I'd say limit. Like, it's funny because I I think for the most part they did against Calgary. I mean, at least – and this is the one thing about high danger, right? Like, I look at that game and they only gave up seven high danger chances. With, hey, you still want to be below that. Um, but it's not like the, you know, some of the other games, I think I talked about three of his previous four starts. They were all double digits. I think, um, you know, five expected goals against in his previous start and 13 high danger chances against like you can't live in that world, but at least statistically you can live with where you were against the Calgary flames. And, you know, the one thing I would say that you want to limit is, and this is one thing that the analytics don't measure time and space, right? Like even Pospisil. Coming down the middle of the ice on a rush, does he create a lateral? No. Is it a breakaway? No. Is it a shot from, you know, a slot area shot, which is mid to low danger? Yes, but he has time and space to pick a spot. And very few analytics measure to that degree. And you've seen it in practice. You watch practice. Fourth liners. You give them time and I don't care. Like even back in the day, that's why I used to hate about practice for goalies in the NHL. You give everybody the chance to walk into the slot and pick their spot. Guess what? The puck goes in a ton. That's why a lot of practices are no good for goalies because you spend too much time defending shots you don't ever see. So, you know, I want to sort of, I'm not trying to fully goalie union card this, but chances that don't necessarily seem dangerous, but when a guy has enough time and space to pick a spot, you know, that's where I give a little more leeway to the goaltender. And it does feel like even on nights where it's not high danger, um, it's a little too much middle and that's a little too much time and space. And that's where like a confident goalie gives himself a better chance on that by maybe stepping out. But right now I, I would think you could argue that, you know, he's probably not as confident as he was during that 16 game win streak. You look at, um, the uh, the trade market. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury's taking himself out of the trade market. He wants yep. to stay in Minnesota. Um, so you know, there's Jake Allen as a backup, but Jake Allen's not having a very good year, Kevin. And so when when a goalie's not having a good year, you bring him in, and now you come into a new situation. There's going to be some trial, and like it would be difficult. Okay, this guy's not having a good year. Well, he's a backup. He might only get five games with us down the stretch, maybe six or seven. Right? Like how how, how much time do you have to even allow a guy to quote? feel better about himself like is jake allen seem like a good option for you at this point well that's see experience matters sure right like it does matter and so would he be in big i guess at the end of the day you'd have to ask him 
right? And and I feel like I should be texting him right now and saying, hey, how do you feel about that? But that would, that would constitute a, a degree of, I don't know if I'm supposed to do that. But because honestly, you need him to be invigorated by it. You need to wonder like, hey, how much how much of what we're seeing right now in Montreal is just like, you know, not where you want it to be in your career as much as you're a pro. Yeah, um, you know, this the playoffs aren't an option there. This is a guy who he may not have been in the starters role, but he won a Stanley Cup. His name's on the trophy. Uh, he did play a role in that, you know, going into the playoffs. I remember doing the story uh, about the final series against Boston where David Alexander, their goaltending coach, Instead of just preparing the usual, here's the scouting report on the other goalie, him and Jake Allen went out on the ice, and Jake Allen basically in video impersonated Tuukka Rask and impersonated the unique qualities that Tuukka Rask and tendencies he had so that the shooters could not just hear, hey, shoot here, this is what he does, but actually see what it looked like and try and identify how to exploit it. And so, like, to me, like, that's a veteran guy that can bring different things to the locker room. It's also a guy that with the right drive, he's done it in the past, I'm not going to pretend that like he's at peak form right now, um, but even as as average or slightly below expected, below average as he's been this season, and it's ever so slight for all the all the Montreal goaltenders, it's in a limited role. Um, the fact he wouldn't get a chance to get comfortable because you're not going to bring him in and start him 15 games is definitely a strike against the you know how much this could work out or whether it's worth you know, the potential upside. It's just the experience he gives you if all of a sudden you need him in the playoffs. Like, given what you saw the other night, like, do you feel that confidence with Calvin Pickard slightly above expected? And I guess the bigger question, or would the team feel better about Jake Allen with his experience and, and his name on the cup, even if he's slightly below expected on the season? In terms of the amount of time it takes him to get comfortable, man, there's not a lot. There's not enough starts. But he's got enough experience, and that is a good enough defensive team that I think he'd be able to make reads behind it in a shorter period of time than, say, a guy that doesn't have the experience that Jake Allen has. Kevin Woodley from Ingold Magazine and NHL.com uh, joins us. Uh, what about uh, Elvis Merzlikens at this point? Um, you know, let's say a team calls for him. Now he said, you know, he'd like to be a starter. So I'm not sure there's a lot of teams out there. They're like, Hey, we're looking for a starter. I guess maybe, uh, Carolina, but they got Freddie Anderson and maybe Freddie Anderson will be better because he's being held. He's being arrested for this long. But where do you come out on Merzlikens? If you're a team, would you want him now or is Merzlikens in a summer trade? The only teams I can think of that would want him or that, that would, make sense now are teams that are in a fight for the playoffs. And, you know, we think of the New Jersey Devils are probably the team everybody's most associating with a goaltending problem. And the ties obviously to Jacob Marchand, but frankly, the way things are going right now, they waited too long. Um, to me, Merz Lickens is probably a deal that gets made in the summer. Uh, but, you know, again, for, for all the same reasons, we talked about Jake Allen only getting a handful of starts. We talked about this before, like by the time you get to the deadline, even if you're counting on a guy being a number one, like you don't have, if you're seven points out, like the New Jersey Devils are, you don't have time to live with the growing pains of getting him up to speed come playoff time. You need results right now. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how realistic that is, right? And so have you waited too long? You know, does he fit with the Los Angeles Kings? Probably not. Um, so to me, that's a transaction that probably gets made in the summer. I just don't think there's enough teams out there that are in the playoffs and he would be a significant upgrade. Yeah, LA maybe, but you know when you think of some of those other teams that you mentioned, like I, I just I just don't see it. Like I I think the contract makes it a tough fit for a lot of teams as well, and the teams that have the biggest need, 
you know, I don't know that he solves your problem until next season, as hard as that's going to be for a team like New Jersey that still seems to have a ton of talent, but appears like they're going to be stuck on the outside looking. And Carolina, frankly, Peter Kochetkov is not a guy I loved at the beginning of the season, but as he's gotten more experience, um, some of the wildness in his game that creates the highlight reel moments, you see the diving poke checks and things like that. I thought it also had an element of inconsistency, but he's picking his spots in those moments better. And he has become more consistent. He's had some great outings for them. So I think with Freddie Anderson, if he gets back, he's your number one option, but you know, I'm not so sure Kochetkov in the playoffs couldn't be a guy for you that, uh, that could carry you on a bit of a run. Yeah. Oh, when he's on his game, I don't think there's any question about that. For sure, right? Um, you know, the Freddie Anderson health issue is definitely uh, going to be a, a question. Uh, what do you make of the LA Kings? Dave Riddich going again tonight. He got a shutout against the Edmonton Oilers. His numbers have been pretty good. Uh, is this like a, a 1A, 1B situation in LA? What do you see playing out here down the stretch? Well, we, we talked about this a while ago. Remember I said, like, coming out of the All-Star break, they needed to give Dave Riddich some run because it looked, whether it was Cam Talbot playing too much and needing to give him a rest or just see what you've gotten, Rich. Because at that point, the adjusted numbers mm-hmm. were really good for him. It was just a tiny sample size. And so what you needed to see is, could he be consistent? And I'll be honest with you, Jason. Like, yeah, you saw it against the Oilers, what he's capable of. Uh, on a night where the Oilers didn't have many, but when they had glorious chances, you saw that sort of the ability to go outside of that butterfly box and make sort of reactive saves to keep your team ahead or in a tight game. Like, that matters. Doing it consistently, you know, that's that's much tougher. And I think even in the past couple of weeks, we've seen a bit of those highs and lows with David Ridge. The question to me, like to me, Riddich has more upside and more of that athleticism. Talbot at his best is a more even keel guy. He hasn't been at his best of late. So, But if you give him rest and you get him back to his best, it becomes a really interesting conundrum to me if you're the Kings. Do you go with the guy with the higher upside? And this may even depend on the matchup. If we feel as the LA Kings, we get in a matchup where it's the Edmonton Oilers, for example, we know the type of high-powered offense. We need moments of spectacular. We need an acrobat every once in a while. We need the big saves. It's David Riddich. And you hope that the ability to do that outrides some of the inconsistency. If you were to say somehow end up in a matchup with, I don't know, like a team that doesn't score as well, like the Seattle Kraken, maybe Cam Talbot's consistency, like just avoiding the mistakes that we sometimes see in Riddich's game, a little bit of the looseness in his movements where he can get caught sort of off guard. And we still have seen that in the past couple of weeks. Maybe it's enough to go with the Cam Talbot. I'm fascinated to see which way they go, assuming they don't go up and find, you know, what's behind door number three come the trade deadline. Even choosing between those becomes a fascinating decision because they're so different in what they give you. Yeah. Um, lastly, uh, Markstrom. There, you know, there's a rumblings about New Jersey and, you know, there was a talk about, wow, you know, uh, New Jersey didn't want to, they want Calgary, want New Jersey to, or New Jersey wanted Calgary to retain some salary to make that deal work. Now people have kind of debunked that or not. But man, when I look at New Jersey and what they need and, you know, Holtz and whoever, I'm assuming it'd be a young goalie going back the other way. I, I don't know why they wouldn't make that trade. They desperately need a goaltender. I don't yeah, think you're going to find a better one than him. Are you? No, and that's the thing, right? Like, we talked about Markstrom in L.A. as a fit, and I wasn't confident because the Kings were a really good defensive team. Yeah, like, you need moments, like we were just talking about with Riddich and Talbot, where you where you got to be athletic. 
but they're not a team that requires their goalie to steal games and stop bullets in his teeth. And that's where Jacob Markstrom's at his best. You know, I don't know if it's a fit. And it's not even meant, some people might hear that as a criticism, right? But I don't know if you're getting the best out of Jacob Markstrom if he's not busy. He's at his best when he's busy. And he's been busy in Calgary because they're a bottom five defensive team in the National Hockey League. Yeah. Like their underlying numbers are all sort of around that 27 mark. So they're in that bottom corner. The Devils aren't quite that bad, but they're in the bottom half. They're in the 20s. Like most of their underlying metrics are 21st, 22nd. They give up a ton on the slot line. They give up a ton of breakaways. Well, guess where Jacob Markstrom excels? Breakaway, some of the best numbers in the league. They, they would have saved them like 16 goals so far this season. Again, it's not quite apples to apples, but you know the breakaway chances and the results the Devils have had versus the number of chances and the results that Markstrom has had, if you could just plug it in formulaically – yeah, you're like 15, 16 goals. Slot line play, similar results. Um, some of the areas that they give up the worst chances and have had the least success from their goaltenders are areas that Markstrom excels. Like, I'm with you. It feels like a no-brainer, and yeah. yet they've waited so long that I'm not sure. It, it may be too late to matter, and I get – Maybe they need, absolutely need, because of some of their other contracts, there had to be salary retention. But to me, one of the values of Markstrom is you're getting him for this year and the next two at just six at a time when we're seeing elite goaltending. And he's in that Vesna conversation, elite, command eight and a half a year, the Sorokins, the Hellebuck-type contracts. I thought he was a value. So if they need him to retain, I get it. But expecting them to retain – Man, I would have I would have tried to find another way to make that work. Yeah, because you could throw in Vanasek in that deal, and he's three point four right there, right? So now you're looking at two point six million dollars. I'm looking at New Jersey's uh, cap situation right now, and uh, yeah, they have about well, they got some LTIR space, um, so you know they they've got some space to to. Uh, to move right now a little bit. Well, so not, not a lot, but uh, you know, the only thing with Calgary though is I don't think they want a goalie back, right? Like they don't want Vanacek yeah, well, because he's probably, I hate to say it, but he's probably a negative value at that contract right now. So it becomes tough to move. Yeah. You saw what, listen, like Vladar has a limited upside, but I thought he was pretty good for them. Uh, the other night against Edmonton, he has the ability to win games, and we all know where Wolf is. So I think part of the issue for Calgary is they don't want Vanacek back because part of this decision would be we're going to create space to let Dustin Wolf grow into the NHL. How good do you think Vladar is realistically? Like, where do you, what do you see him as? I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents... The anime effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Honestly, like, I don't watch enough to, to tell you, you know, like, there's a deep dive scouting report that I have on him. Statistically, he hovers between expected and slightly above. Okay. Like he's had moments where he's played for a couple weeks at a time. And this is where it gets hard to judge because when you're in the backup role, it's hard to build that rhythm. There have been times where he's gotten a bunch of starts in a row and he's put up some really good numbers. His numbers this season are way down because he had a terrible start, like a really bad, really tough start behind a team that was way looser than they were last season. There were moments last year where I know the raw numbers were great, but so were the underlying, like they defended well in front of him. Like to me, if that, if I was Calgary and I knew I needed to move on somebody and, and, you know, counting on maybe having Markstrom to bring along Wolf, I would have moved Ladar when he was at his peak last year. Um, because the numbers said that as the environment drops, so would those raw numbers and they sort of have to me, he's above expected. And there are some teams that would kill for above expected, but does that mean he can be a one a guy even like to me, he's a one B. Um, and that's what the stats have said for the last couple of years. Kev, great stuff as always, man. We really appreciate it uh, have yourself an awesome night and, uh, we will chat with you, uh, next Monday. I uh, enjoy the game tonight. There you go. That's uh, Kevin Woodley from Ingo Magazine and NHL.com. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, that was the uh, lineup report brought to you by Sherwood Power Sports and Marina. Wrap things up on the Gregor Show. Busy Monday edition brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca. 5.50. Hey, we always like to reward our diehards who listen to the show uh, from start to finish. And today we've got a pretty good reward for you. Do you want to go to the game tonight? Uh, Connor got a pair of seats, do you not? I do. They came in from Matt. He actually had a trivia question. Do we want to do that? Let's do it. Sure. Trivia question from Matt. He says, how many Scotty's championships has Jennifer Jones won as she is retired as one of the best curling, well, one of the best curlers, women curlers in history? So how many Scotty's championships has she won? And we'll uh, give one correct winner the two tickets. So you just got to text in your name, email and the answer. Is that correct? That's it. Do you know the answer? <laughs> Matt provided the answer, so I do know the answer. <laughs> I could I, have played it off cool, but... Uh, I know I know the answer. So uh, text in at uh, 833-401-1440. Uh, put the answer of how many along with uh, your name and email. And Well, actually, you know what? Uh, we got a lot of people coming in uh, without their email. Don't worry, Connor. We'll get back to you. Um, and so, uh, cons will, uh, will pick somebody if they get the correct answer. We've had a few answers, um, few wrong ones so far, but, uh, now I think I see a few of the uh, correct ones coming in. So cons will, uh, pick those and you'll be going to the game tonight. Two sweet seats. I like it. It's nice. Uh, other news around the NHL, of course, uh, it's been a very quiet February. Sean Monahan got traded on, was it February 2nd? I think it was February 2nd, right? 
Uh, since then, nada. No trades. So could we go the rest of the month without a deal? I guess it's possible. But it's uh, it would seem a little surprising. But uh, there's a few reasons. I, I spoke to a few uh, people in uh, management on different teams uh, this weekend. And... There's a few things I'm hearing. So I always try to, I try to talk to the people who I think are sellers and then people who I think are buyers because obviously one side's going to have a different viewpoint. And, uh, right now, uh, I get two things. One, uh, a lot of the teams aren't willing right now to, uh, pay what the asking price is. And that doesn't really surprise me. Like there's the urgency isn't there yet. You still have 11 days. You can say, yeah, I'm interested. And I don't really want to pay that price. Maybe it comes down. Maybe it doesn't. Right now, most GMs will. Now, sometimes you don't get a second opportunity because I've asked them. I said, well, what if you tell a guy you're not interested, but you are interested? You're just not interested at that price. And then he trades you without coming back to you. He goes, well, usually they come back to you and tell you, well, hey, you know what? I got this offer. Do you want to match it or beat it? Whatever. But not always. So there's, there's always a little bit of the cat and mouse game. So that's one reason. And then. Uh, the other one is that, you know, there is a little bit of limited cap space. So some teams, every day that you accrue cap space allows you to have more cap space. So that plays a factor as well. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, either way, I'm not expecting a trade for the orders tonight. But uh, they would like to trade in their losses for a win. That's what they would like to do tonight against the Los Angeles Kings. On behalf of uh, Connor Halley, I'm Jason Greger. Have yourselves a, a wonderful uh, Monday evening. Drive safe. Turn your lights on, please. Let's get to the con man of Sports 1440 update brought to you by Douglas Mattress. Maybe a little stressed out. Maybe you're like, oh, my goodness, a lot of shoveling. Well, there's nothing like a good night's sleep. And it's a cool bed that keeps you cool while you sleep. Go to Douglas, Matt. Go to Douglas.ca slash Orders Nation and buy yours today. Good night.